shit son just faded my first track um, garage band is uh, interesting it's not the most user-friendly thing or I'm incompetent probably uh, the latter more than the former anyway hi uh, it's me again <laughs> uh, of course it's me I can't wait to get my first guest I don't know I want to be like tons of podcasts in I want to get all the errors out first. I want to know what the fuck I'm doing with this. I want to know, um, make sure the sound is good. People are still complaining about the sound. Hopefully it's better now. I turned up the gain and uh, played with the volume a bit. Uh, the microphone might capture the AC, so if you hear that, I apologize and I'll unfuck for the next episode. So, yeah. Uh, that introduction was Reggie Watts. He's a comedian slash musician. He, you'll see him on the Conan show, and uh, that one specifically was from a TED talk, and he just roasted everybody in this uh, amazing performance. Uh, so it's super funny. And uh, the other intro, I felt like it lacked flavor, didn't really um, resonate with me, and I was going through the Free Music Archive dot uh, org. And I couldn't really find anything, so I've been uh, keeping my ear open for something cool. And I recalled back to that TED Talk, and I was um, thinking, you know what, that that kind of doesn't make sense, what he's saying. But it also makes sense. He puts strings some things together. So, you know what, I'll post a video on uh, my website, and you can watch it in its entirety. I think it's like 13 minutes or so. Uh, he switches back from accents and he speaks French and um, it's, uh, to me it was funny. Uh, but my humor is different probably than most. Anyway, so yeah, I think I'll use that one from now on. If you don't like it, let me know. Um, what is this? Episode 4. Uh, got some new people I've noticed from Michigan and New York. Uh, do I know anybody in New York? No, I think I have an idea who the person in Michigan is, so, uh, I told you I'd do this if you're listening, so here we are. Um, big jump in the Hawaii numbers, I don't know what happened, I didn't really do anything, uh, a buddy shared it on his social media, and, um, large increase, like 33% increase in listeners, probably more people just listening who the fuck is this guy <laughs> why, why are we gonna listen to him put him in my car while I listen to traffic so many podcasts out there I listen to pod- podcasts in traffic as well uh, some of my go-to's are Freakonomics 
I like that one. That's a good one. Trend following. Excellent one. Um, tangentially speaking, of course, is probably my favorite one with Dr. Chris Ryan. Um, Planet Money. It's another of my favorite. Talk about business. The Goldman Sachs. Uh, they're always on top of what's happening with trade and stocks and they bring politics into it and how it affects uh, business and economy so I listen to you know the nerdy shit um, some of my favorites so current events what's up with me I finished a class called LDR 711A and I don't recommend anybody take that class unless you have to the class is an absolute mindfuck uh, I got lucky because I kind of like mindfucks, so yeah, uh, I like psychological thrillers and movies, not a big fan of the cliche um, action movies, I need a little bit of mindfuck, um, Fight Club, Memento, Lucky Number Slevin, is that the name of it? Um, those kind of movies, and believe it or not, I actually like the Lego movie. The Lego movie, I've probably watched the most times, three times. I don't think I've seen a movie. I might have seen Fight Club four times. Well, that's an old... You know what? The Matrix was good, too. There's tons of good movies. I like watching movies. I'm usually behind the curve. I watched Infinity Wars recently. I know that's been out for a grip. And uh, the writing was good. I didn't really like the movie. Um, not really sure how... Uh, the Black Widow can fight aliens to me that was it was a tough sell another tough sell was Captain America super strong all of a sudden how the fuck did that happen um, I, I don't for him to match Donald's power is kind of uh, hard sell for me so lots of hard sells the writing was amazing uh, super funny I laughed a lot um, Robert Downey Jr. is like you're from Earth and he's like Missouri that's Earth, dipshit, or something. I was like, really, really funny. Anyway, LDR-711A, that's what I was talking about. Um, probably the biggest takeaway for the class is how to arm people. How to, uh, I think I talked about that in two episodes ago. Um, there's different kinds of powers. There's like five powers usually in an organization. Um, let me see if I can pull it out of my ass here. Coercive, um, the coercive power, you know, you can coerce people to do whatever you want. Uh, there's like a reward power where you incentivize people to do the things they want based on a reward. You have legitimate power, which is like very military power. Like I'm, uh, I'm in a position above you, therefore you must listen to me because I am your leader and you're my subordinate. That's like a legitimate power. There's a referent power and an expert power. So, uh, those are the five powers you'll learn in that class, if you ever take that class. Uh, or if you just Google the five powers, you can learn it. Um, so, a lot of college information is just out there. Uh, you can almost make a case that you could be just as smart, like Googling a bunch of shit. But college, you know, um, I guess the biggest argument for college is you develop some type of structure. Like there are deadlines, there there are team things in play. You have responsibilities, um, and it emulates the corporate world because 
just about anywhere you go, you'll have deadlines, you'll have um, things you have to meet, tasks you have to do, you have to work with people. So to me, as far as I can tell, college emulates the real world. And probably like, it's funny. I always ask successful people in the military this question and um, more often than not, it stumps them. Um, I ask, uh, when the template for success is the same for everyone, i.e., you know, do your job, be the best at your job, um, don't be late, show up to work on time, you know the cliche, like everybody's template is the same for success. Like, he, he, you want the path to success? Here's the formula and here are all the variables that encompass the success that you want to achieve. So tie that all together and here's the roadmap, let's say. Um, but also I'm gonna expect of you to stand out amongst your peers, right? So if everybody's doing the same thing and the roadmap's the same for everyone, how the fuck are you supposed to deviate from everybody else, right? Everybody's doing the same thing, here's the success. So if everybody's gonna be successful, and you also have to stand out like that's how what are the instructions for standing out the the answer is not clear so i usually catch a lot of people uh with that question so much so i asked uh, i'm not gonna name drop here uh someone very high up in the military like super super high up and uh and he danced around the question um his aide came in and tried to answer the question too, but he danced around it as well. I asked uh, someone not so high up and the answer was pretty good. He said writing. He said when you, because everything's email now, when you write, uh, you can have power in your writing. So I'm not even supposed to talk about any of this. I'm just fucking ranting now. Anyway, college, pretty good in my opinion, not mandatory. You can still be successful without it. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. <laughs> Man. Um, that's about it, really. Uh, back to the powers. Expert powers are a good one to have. You can create a massive amount of value as an individual. Um, if your organization relies on you heavily, you become very valuable and you increase what they call the human capitalization rate and let's say the organization needs to cut 30% of the workforce because we're in a down economy and we need to get rid of people and lay them off because we're not making as much money and we have to save money somewhere so we're gonna release um, 30%, 20%, whatever the number is. The higher your human cap rate is, the more valuable you are for the company. You have this sort of like expert power. You are the go-to person in that section or organization or you have certain kind of um, expertise in certain categories where other people cannot do um, chances are they might not get rid of you based on how valuable that particular set of skills are <laughs> I have a certain I have a particular set of skills and I will find you and give me back my daughter uh, take in reference sorry Anyway, I'm getting long introductions nowadays. I can hear myself much better, too, so I think the volume is going to be pretty good in this one. Um, song. This song, I'll play into the podcast before I uh, hit these questions. It's funny. 
I created a Quora, Q-U-O-R-A profile, and I was thinking, you know, maybe I could get some questions emailed to me every now and then. And it's just too much questions now. And it's funny, a lot of the questions are PhD, doctorate, dissertation, thesis, graduate, postgraduate uh, questions. And they're, they're kind of all the same. And I don't, I don't, I never graduated yet. I got uh, two and a half more years of school, so I don't want to uh, speak out of my lane here. So I think I'll uh, edit my profile in a way where it, it doesn't look like uh, I have any kind of postgraduate experience. Because uh, I think I built a profile based on uh, postgrad. Anyway, the song is called Yo Lele. Uh, it's by Papa Wemba. He is a Congolese singer, and he made it big when uh, he was in France. He died in 2016, I think, a couple years back. Um, the song is called Yo Lele. It's not in English. I apologize. Or if you like it, then I don't apologize. Nagai na zangi yo. It's uh, I have lost you. So the song is about him having too much pride. Um, he wants to be with the girl, but it's difficult, and he doesn't know how to express his feelings and all this stuff. So I uh, hope you enjoy the song, you know. See you on the other side. Mwah!
You liked it? Different, huh? Uh, so here's pretty much the translation of that song. Yo, Lele, I lost you. I'm pretty much arrogant. I have too much pride. Um, I hide it in my heart. I hide the feelings. I guess he's implying here. I lost you. What a shame. I'm super arrogant. Um, I'm a big bolster. I lost you. Um, love. Um, uh, has allowed me to have a big mouth and I, my arrogance ended in shame. So I'm speeding through the translation, of course. I don't want to talk about this song forever. Hi! Wednesday, August 1st. Uh, sitting here, drinking, uh, running out of beer, so drinking a Chivas uh, with some ice and water because I don't have a club soda. Sparkling water. I like Canada Dry and all that. Uh, it's hard to find one without all the weird shit in it. So, I try to look. Um, I don't think I'll be able to get through all the questions today but uh, I'll do my best and Yolele is interesting song because it's kind of dancey right it's like a, if you didn't hear the lyrics you would think it's um, I don't know it's about a celebration or something not uh, not about a sad self-deprecating song um, that talks about having too much pride and uh, essentially losing uh, someone he wants to be with this uh papa wimba character in the video i don't know how much videos i'm gonna post on my website what's the first video oh the reggie watts i guess i could link two videos back i don't know if it's gonna fuck with the description um, I'll, I'll we'll see what happens i'll, I'll put it up and <laughs> if everything goes to shit then i'll start editing uh, that's how i learn that's how we all should learn you should do and then edit as you go, right? Uh, you have to submit your rough draft prior to your final, right? So you, you do your rough draft and you edit, 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 edit. Uh, then you check it, you maybe sleep on it, then you go back to your work. You check it out again with a fresh pair of eyes and mindset and you find all the errors and then you can submit a, a, a final form of the product. So I'm, I'm figuring that that's the best way to do this even though you know i'm super open and this thing is out for the world to hear and you know hear all my mistakes that i'll make or all the flaws that will occur in itunes or maybe shit doesn't translate and maybe it doesn't download properly or i know um it wouldn't stream for a while there was some like third party shit interfering with the talking between itunes and my website so a lot of unfucking but i think that's the only way to do things you want to do is you just fucking get in there man you just get in there and you attempt it and you make your mistakes and you learn in the real estate world however uh shit can get very expensive big mistakes can get very expensive uh hvac system in the basement let's say of a of a main line, especially the northeast you know the hvac is very demanding um my house in indiana for example it could be like you know four thousand dollars by the, that that bill cuts into the positive cash flow the annual ca positive cash flow because it's a major repair but if you do your numbers right it'll come out right it'll come out as a capital expenditure i.e the roof or any other major repair so you factor that puppy in to your cash flow and uh, hopefully 
your numbers won't be so crazy. The guy I bought from actually didn't do that, so I, I, I locked myself into a very good deal um, because he was just tired of uh, making dealing with the expenses that can occur. So uh, I'm looking for another property both in Hawaii and on the mainland. So uh, my bankroll is pretty good right now and I'm in the market. Put in an offer uh, <laughs> uh, into a place and she was absolutely pissed off. Um, yeah, we had a back and forth that didn't end well and now she's not even talking to me. So here we are. And you know, just move on. Um, people put way too emotions, way too much emotions into the real estate process. I think if you separate yourself from the emotions and just think of it as a box that you're going to live in for X amount of time, your real estate endeavors will be much less stressing. So, yeah, 22 minutes. All right, questions. Damn it. Maybe I should just talk more. Just fucking tell stories and talk from the heart. <clears throat> from James Royal, you know what? Cheers, guys. Let me drink a, take a sip. James Royal, what are some mind-blowing facts about exercise, fitness, and working out? <laughs> Cheers as I sip this... Uh, uh, Chivas, what is it, Italian? Irish whiskey? <sighs> Kick it strong. Um, Mind-blowing facts. One thing I've been thinking about recently, not recently, maybe the past 10 months or so, is I've been thinking of... So when I'm in a gym, I try to, I try to make an argument as to why everyone is in the gym. Right, I'm looking around, and and you see a bunch of people. You see big people who are trying to lose weight. You have little people who are trying to gain weight. You have people who are just trying to maintain. Uh, and, and, so everybody's there for different reasons, but I wanted like a fundamental reason that could explain why everyone's in there in the first place. And the, the only thing I could think of is that the gym is sort of like a church, right? They're, there's like a pre-ritual for going to the gym, right? You got to get ready. You got to maybe get your towel. You got to fill up your hydro flask. There's a, there's, there's a ritualness to it. Um, and then you get in the groove, let's say. So I've been thinking of it as kind of like a church and that the gym can be sacred in a sense. Uh, exercise is more than just exercise with an E. Like I've been thinking of exercise exorcise with an o like exorcist so so you you me everybody who we go to the gym and there's a demon there right that's why i say church there's a demon there of man i need to lose weight i i am not comfortable with myself and i know too right i was uh 230 pounds i'm five eight um i've been there man and, and, and it's dark, dark place. You look in the mirror one day and you go, what the fuck am I doing with my life, right? I'm like 188 now, so what is that, 40 pounds, 40-something pounds? I'm down total. Um, there just comes a time where you just you look in the mirror and you say, you know what, I'm going to commit. Whether it be New Year's resolution or April 12th or fucking November 
the 17th or whatever you just make a decision and go so exercise as exorcise has been uh, kind of paradigm shifting for me and it and it's the fundamental argument i think i can uh, give for the reason as to why anyone goes to the gym at all because there's there's some level of insecurity there is i'm not good enough but that insecurity is what drives success right i i need i'm not good enough for my family i need more money i'm not good enough for myself i need more wealth or health or i need to get my shit together or uh I gotta, I don't know, stop watching Netflix or I gotta stop playing video games so much or maybe I should read a book now and then. I shouldn't be on Facebook so goddamn much. Uh, I can't get off of fucking Snapchat or whatever your demon is that, that's, that's a detriment to your life. Um, so exercise as exorcise has been one of the most mind-blowing things to me about exercise, fitness, and working out. That was a long-ass answer, but that's the way I've been framing uh, the way. Because you take breaks within your sets, right? You do um, 10 reps, and maybe you take a minute break, or you go get some water, or uh, you take a look around, or you look at your phone, or whatever. I don't take my phone or anything, so I end up just looking around and trying to solve why everybody's in this church, in a sense. We all, you know? And we see the same people, and then... You know, you end up saying like hello to people, and it becomes like a like a fist bump because you guys see each other. You guys uh, see, like real recognize real type of thing. Like uh, Namaste is very interesting. When I was in Nepal, uh, Namaste translates to uh, I recognize the spirit in you as you recognize the spirit in me. Right? It's a very beautiful hello in a sense, and we would always say Namaste to each other in uh, Nepal. I spent the majority of my time in uh, Pokhara. I was in Kathmandu as well, but I uh, spent most of the time up in the mountains in uh, Pokhara. So, exercise as exorcise is uh, one thing I've been kind of piecing together. Okay. Kenneth Musan, has there ever been a specific moment where you realized that your life would never be the same again? Two instances. Uh, I'll give the first one. Uh, the second one I'll save. It's a long ass story, so I'll save for another time. Uh, hopefully, my voice is doing good. I adjusted the microphone in a way where uh, a friend of mine said it works best. So I'm trying out this new style of microphone uh, positioning. So, a specific moment where I realized that my life would never be the same again. 2007, we were in Kirkuk, Iraq. It's a northwest, northwestern Iraq, close to Syria. I think it's overrun uh, by ISIS now. They've merged, merged Kirkuk with uh, uh, Syria. So I think the border's broken there where we were. Um, and and we, were, we were like an hour, I think, from the uh, western perimeter of Syria. So... We had an interesting job. We were mostly in towers. You sit in a tower for, you know, 12, 13, 14 hours with a set of binoculars and uh, an automatic weapon uh, just staring out 
into villages or like farmers or making sure nobody tries to penetrate the perimeter of the base. Um, and that was our daily job anyway. I forget what we were doing specifically, but I think we were playing volleyball slash just lounging around. Uh, in the Middle East, it's sand everywhere. And they've made like this makeshift volleyball um, area where people could play volleyball. We were playing volleyball and then all of a sudden it started raining mortars. And we all kind of like looked at each other and we started to run back uh, to this like uh, this modular home. There's like a long ass trailer uh, where everybody uh, had their own uh, grouped room so there was four of us in a room uh, eight of us in a room at one time when we were transitioning in or out um, so we ran from the volleyball court to our rooms and I remember looking up and you can see the mortars coming in ba-boom 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 you gotta seek cover uh, and and I remember thinking like this whole death thing it's just random like a mortar a mortar can land on your face and then you're dead it's over game over so i started thinking i started i started to think that everything was math there's that you can calculate the physics of the indirect fire launching and wherever that thing would land, if you were in that spot, it's game over for you. So, um, that was one thing. I, I, I started to, I started to, uh, I started to think how, how fast your life could end, uh, based on my first deployment to Iraq. So, that was life-changing. And what was also... Um, very life-changing was when we were running away we were laughing and I'm not sure why I don't think I, I mean I've, I've asked a few of us that, that, that some of them still serve today why were we laughing what caused us to laugh and, and the answer isn't clear it was pitch black I want to say it was like 9 o'clock at night 10 o'clock at night and we're running in darkness like jumping over rocks and trying not to fall and we could not stop laughing uh, as we ran back towards our, our modular home trailer um, so that's one question I can't answer why did I laugh why were we all laughing it was a collective laughing um, while we're running for our lives and and uh, the takeaway of it's just luck, man. Like uh, a drunk driver could just end your life if you're just at the wrong place at the wrong time. An indirect fire could just land on your head at the wrong place at the wrong time. Um. Yeah. So, I I, I started thinking of life in a very different way uh, after that event. So, uh, and we all knew it too. Like it, it wasn't some willful blindness technique that we applied we all knew like if if the time if your time is up your time is up i mean we we didn't really talk about it but we knew that if the mathematical calculation 
from the indirect fire just so happened to land on our head, whether we were wearing a helmet or not, it's over, man. Um, so we all knew that and we put our plates up on the second bunk of our bed um, just in case. I don't know if that would help anything. Uh, knock on wood. There's some wood here. So, yeah, man. That was a interesting, interesting moment. All right, so this next one is from Trey Han, drinking while I'm doing a podcast. This is much more fun than I ever thought it would be. Funner, people would say funner. So cheers again. This is much stronger than maybe I should have made it. From Trey Han. Han? Trey Han. H-A-N. What life advice? You know what? I'm not going to spell. Uh, uh, kind of like a mentor of mine. <laughs> I tell you, he talked to me yesterday and he said, Hey man, you shouldn't uh, post, uh, you shouldn't say their names on the thing. And he's probably right. Um, but I know for sure I won't spell the names anymore. So... Trey, if you ever hear this, I'm sorry. Um, What life advice should you never follow? Uh, So, we had this guy come and he gave a brief to some of the troops in our unit. And one saying I absolutely despise is when people say knowledge is power. I can't get on that train. I know people get on that train a lot, but I can't, I can't do it. I've tried and I've tried and I, I, I can't do it. Um, if knowledge was power, everyone would be powerful because Google is right here. You can just get all the knowledge you want, right? Knowledge is not power, man. And here's a classic example. If knowledge was power, everyone would be in shape and healthy and... Uh, yeah the reason for that is because everyone knows that if you diet eat healthy and exercise you're gonna lose weight so you have the knowledge of that but that's not necessarily power it's it's knowledge plus the application of said knowledge that equates to power so i cannot i i I, I was really upset at that guy because um, he was in a position to brief thousands of people and him saying knowledge is pow- power to me promotes laziness. So I can't do it, man. Uh, what life advice should you never follow? That's one. Knowledge is not power. Um, get that fucking shit out of your head. Uh, and challenge everyone who says that because that is promoting laziness. Um, people will just Google some shit and keep it in their brain. Oh, knowledge is power. That's what I'm supposed to do. I just fucking read this article and I'm powerful. It's not the thing, homie. Um, what else? Trust your company and they'll take care of you for the rest of your life, right? So that's one. Um, that whole paradigm is going away, like long gone are the days where you give a company 30 years 25 years 20 years whatever the contract is and they'll take care of you for the rest of your life so much so that the military has also changed 
their retirement system they've gone to a retirement system that is very different uh, than the old system and it's the old system because of the, they call it the legacy system it's the old one I got lucky and got grandfathered into the old one I joined at a time where war was very prominent uh, 2003 at the height of the Iraq war that's when I decided to uh, raise my hand because I'm super smart <laughs> Bush comes all night he's like hey March of 2003 we're going into the axis of evil and we're gonna fucking get in there and I for me for I I don't really know why I think I wanted to help I wanted to do something I said yeah I'll go yeah fuck yeah and I went and they sent me multiple times so uh, trust your company and they'll take care of you for the rest of your life. That's get rid of that. Um, figure out a way to make your own money. Figure out a way to uh, make your own retirement. Don't count on other people. The only person you can count on is you and your loved ones. But I would say rely on you the majority of the time. I always recommend a side hustle, like a figure out a side hustle. Like I got a full time job, and I have a side hustle. I do the real estate thing. I got properties. I you you have to have a side hustle, even if it's five seven hours a week. Like figure out a side hustle. People have made money doing MLM. I'm not a fan of MLM. Well, some I've been in all kinds of MLM. MLM for those that don't know is multi level marketing, um, pyramid scheme. I guess that's the slang term. But you can make money doing MLM. Um, there's tons of them. You can Google online. You can start a franchise. Uh, I did a paper on franchises. And I think there's certain areas uh, where you can start a subway for like $10,000. Uh, so that's w one way. You can just, you know, once say, fuck the corporate world. I'm going to open a subway. Tons of franchise things. You can open a hot dog vendor outside of Home Depot. You can do whatever the fuck you want. Figure your shit out. Uh... I don't recommend trusting your company and going with the paradigm that they'll take care of you for the rest of your life. So figure out a side hustle, build some wealth. The argument for buying real estate is a very strong argument. The historical data is absolutely clear. I do not see any better way for building wealth than real estate. So that's what I mean. That's just my plug. I'm biased. Um. Keep your head down and work hard and you'll get everything you want, right? So another like 1920s, 1930s type of um, mindset, right? If, if, hey, Sonny, if you keep your nose clean and you work hard and you keep your head down, then you'll get everything you want. <clears throat> Wrong. Squeaky wheel gets the grease, man. You want to fucking make moves in your life? You got to you gotta make noise. You got to you, you gotta offend people. You got to... Um, do the things necessary to get the shit that you want and you people are gonna be in your way and you're gonna get the fuck out of my way bitch you, you, you just have to you 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 are numero uno and you have to burn bridges if necessary um i, I know that's not that's not a good way to think about it but people will bring you down People are going to be like, why do you don't have to get your degree? You don't have to buy a house. Like, just rent. You don't have to do that. Like, why are you trying to better yourself? Stay low with me. Uh, get rid of those fucking people. Um, there are others who you... 
What's it saying? You are the average of your five closest friends. Uh, Napoleon Hill said that, right? Think and Grow Rich? Might be a different book, but I think it's Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich. You are the average of your five closest friends. So take a look at your five closest friends and then look in the mirror and, and ask yourself, what the fuck do I want to do with my life? 42 minutes and I'm only in question three. Ugh. Okay. What else? Life advice. <laughs> this will be the first podcast where uh, I can hit an hour and I'm only like, I don't know, seven questions in. But this is a loaded question, man. What life advice should you never follow? Uh, what else can I think of? The world is too dangerous to travel, right? So CNN, Fox News, whatever news you listen to, like Paris, France had a fucking explosion and the Middle East is fucking crazy and they they have a suicide forest in Japan and North Korea is on some fucking crazy shit and South Korea is near North Korea, so don't go there. And Rodrigo Duterte in the Philippines is a maniac and and Thailand has some Russian mobs there. And South America has MS-13. And uh, you have way too much Nazis in Argentina. And the Colombian drug trade is just fucking crazy. And there are illegals coming over into America. And they are killing people. And they are crashing into people and killing children. And, they're, and Arizona is just fucking... Uh, gang ridden and Chicago is uh, shootouts every night and Maryland is a very dangerous city in Baltimore so that's all you hear right you hear 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 all this fucking right somebody got killed by a bear in Alaska whatever Um, travel even though you hear all that shit you are hearing the very minimal uh, things that happen the news cannot, they cannot uh, spread all the good shit that's happening because nobody wants to listen to that, right? Uh, today a firefighter went up a pole and saved a cat. Or today they did a morale check on some of the elderly in the neighborhood. Like, advertisers want eyes and your eyes will be attracted to devastation and 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 controversy and um things we can talk about an active shooter and mental illness and gray areas of rape and uh all this stuff they have to they want money from the advertisers advertisers want your eyes and your eyes will go to the shit that that we can talk about Donald Trump fucking tweeting right and so uh, the world is not too dangerous to travel you're gonna be fine uh, I would say travel um, yeah so what life advice should you never follow that's three major ones right there um, yeah. Okay, number four. <laughs> Who is the most savage person in history from Alex Weinberg? Savage person. I think I'm biased on this. Uh, a guy named Temujin. I might fuck up his last name. 
Borjigen. Um, you might know him as Genghis Khan. Genghis Khan. Uh, I did a 10-page paper on Genghis Khan and how important he was to the world and how he uh, did leadership in a way that allowed him to be very successful even though odds were stacked against him many times. I mean, he had to rebuild himself back up multiple times. Um, I can talk about Genghis Khan for a whole podcast, but I'll just give you some cliff notes. Uh, he was coming up to power, and his his friend, I forget his friend's name, um, they separated because they had a clashing of ideas. So anyway, he comes back, and... Uh, he essentially loses that battle and he kills, he boils alive a bunch of his generals and he is absolutely pissed. So he rebuilds himself, comes back, um, and essentially forgives his friend who became a traitor, let's say. And uh, he ex essentially executed him because he wouldn't come back. So uh, Genghis Khan was a fucking absolute... Uh, strategist let's call him one of the greatest military leaders to ever exist in my opinion uh, he put flanking on the map uh, I, I don't I don't know anybody who could flank like him uh, he was a very small army and he would take on large army so he would attack uh, they would rush back he would retreat he would retreat into a, what is called a fatal funnel right uh, like two mountains on each side and he would have archers and the Mongolians at that time were some of the best archers with some of the best bows and they could uh, hit you uh, at an accuracy that uh, couldn't be emulated at the time so much so that when they let go the arrow they could time the letting go of the arrow when all four hooves Hooves of the horse were off the ground so they could have pinpoint accuracy. Could you imagine that? I rode a horse. I don't know what the fuck the, fuck the goddamn legs are off the ground. Uh, so Genghis Khan was, to me, one of the most savage uh, people in history. And his life is very interesting as well. Um, uh, when he died, he was upset that he didn't accomplish all the things he wanted to do and he accomplished a lot so even at the highest levels of accomplishment people are not satisfied so if you me anybody else are not satisfied with their accomplishments just think of Genghis Khan he did a lot and wasn't happy so if you're doing all right in life uh, just be grateful you're gonna be fine you have a roof over your head you have some water you have some food you're gonna be fine man figure your shit out and everything it's gonna uh, pan itself out all right from Jens Nielsen should I continue with my PhD yeah see PhD questions I gotta redo my profile when everything is going wrong well you gotta define what everything is going wrong means if it's just a little bit of stress and you're interpreting the stress to be major stress 
pull yourself back pull yourself back and look at it and assess like what is happening here what is everything going wrong mean i would say keep pushing through but you don't define it here uh you got to remember there's a there's a big difference between um your life kind of sucks and absolute hell right there's a difference there so if your life kind of sucks you can still push through a bunch of things but let's if you're going through absolute hell like hell on earth a good example of hell is uh, in the real estate world I've seen somebody die uh, and the family comes out of the woodwork I'm gonna take a sip of uh, scotch real quick um. <laughs> have a drink with me what is you know almost 10 o'clock at night here in Hawaii um, so yeah absolute hell can be someone dies the family comes out of the woodwork and they start battling over the house especially in Hawaii because a, uh, a single family house three bedroom two bath can be you know upwards of seven hundred thousand uh, dollars it's a real number seven hundred thousand dollars for a three bedroom two bath house uh, and the, the fucking house was built like in the 70s or 80s <laughs> it's just ridiculous here so much so that like especially with the heat now it's getting hot Oregon is looking nice so just go fucking up to Oregon sell all my properties in Hawaii and just pay cash for a house uh, and you know I don't know shoot a deer and eat and uh, uh, drive around and I don't know enjoy the seasons I know Oregon I was in New Hampshire um, last year no this year and it was uh, beautiful there. New Hampshire is it's fucking amazing. I wasn't there in the winter. I was at a bar called uh, the Portsmouth Brewery. And uh, you know, just talking to the locals, just mingling with people at the bar, uh, you know, getting to know people and like figure out uh, a little bit about the town. And Portsmouth is a pretty cool town. Uh, met one of my buddies I was deployed with up there. I drove down to Boston. Anyway, uh, I, I think I could live in New Hampshire, but. Uh, one of the guys was like, yeah, you think that now, but if you were here in January, you wouldn't think that way because I guess the cold is just so fucking goddamn cold that I would I would move back to Hawaii. But I think I could live anywhere, so um, I could fucking just pack up, you know, the 10 things I own. I don't really own a bunch of shit. Looking around my place now, I could sell all of this shit. I would just take my laptop uh and yeah that's all i would really need i could buy everything else up there all i would really need is my laptop and this microphone if i'm gonna continue this podcast so anyway continue with your phd gens uh unless you're living in absolute hell um but studies show that people who take breaks for x amount of time end up taking breaks for much longer than X. So keep that in mind. Alright. From Eric Wang. 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 Korean? What is the most epic historical battle ever? I gotta say the battle with yourself. The acceptance of self is 
is a very difficult battle, right? Because who are you? Who like who are you? Like are are you the person you interpret yourself to be? Are you the person I interpret you to be? Are you the person that everybody interprets you to be? Divided by that amount of people, averaged out. Like who the fuck are you? Uh, who am I? Right. So accepting yourself for all your flaws, and it's it's very different, very difficult thing to do. Accepting yourself, and that is a battle that lasts. I've been on this. I've been. I'm thirty four years old, and I'm still battling with that fucking thing. Uh, that battle of acceptance is what seems to be a lifelong battle. I mean, you can look at forty year olds who. Uh, even though they have money, they, they, they are struggling with their demons. Uh, they are still trying to get their shit together. Um, all the way up to women. Women uh, in their 40s will still, like, there's a club, famous club uh, down in Honolulu where uh, the cougars, you know, they call them cougars, uh, are out in the prowl. A lot of married women who, daredevil, they wear their rings in the club. And they look for the young stallion. Uh, so, the acceptance of self can be the most epic battle, I think, and probably the most important battle. Because uh, that's just step one acceptance of self. Then you have the acceptance of others, which is another battle in and of itself. Right? You have to accept others for the way they are. Right, if you're the type of person that goes around and tries to change everybody, your people are not going to accept you because you can't even accept yourself or them. So you have your flaws, acknowledge your flaws, um, and accept you for who you are. And if you don't like certain things about yourself, change it. Knowledge plus the application will equate to the power you need to change your shit. And then you surround yourself with people you want to be surrounded with. Uh, and then you accept them for that. Everybody's going to have their flaws, right? Some people are selfish. Some people give too much. And they don't care about themselves as much. I've seen that. That, Especially in Hawaiian culture, Asian culture. People will give so much that they end up being a detriment to themselves. And for me, I don't like that. That's one thing I try to like, hey, I think you should care about yourself a little more. Don't give so much. Um, you should still give some, but don't give so much that it kind of hurts you as a person. So that's, uh, that's, the, that's the kind of culture I see around in Hawaii. I will give the shirt off my back for you, which is fine, but... They'll go above and beyond it. They'll give the shorts. They'll give their money. They'll give all of their time. They'll they'll uh, jump into their life's drama and really get involved and really like uh, allocate way too much resources, time, and energy to try to unfuck their lives. At the same time, they're trying to juggle juggle their demons as well. So you have to find a healthy balance uh, of unfucking yourself and uh, trying to your best to unfuck others. But you cannot unfuck others until you yourself has been unfucked. So 
And the most epic historical battle ever is the unfucking of self. Ooh, that's a book. It's funny. I want to turn my uh, 400 page paper, 400 page dissertation paper eventually into a book if I can ever fucking get through this program. And uh, eventually write another book. Because uh, I like writing. That's one thing I've noticed about myself. <laughs> Almost an hour in. And question seven. Okay, this is going to be the last question. There's like 20 plus questions on this thing. And uh, I'm all over the place. I blame the whiskey for one. And uh, yeah, so this is Happy Jack 832. This is a long question. One, two, three, four, five, five paragraphs. So uh, you can turn this off now if you don't want to deal with this. So Happy Jack 832. Um, a little bit of background. I graduated two years ago. I got my first job in a big corporation. It's a bank. I first started as a contract worker. I then became full-time roughly six months later. Working as an administrative assistant, I have to do tasks that are quite frustrating sometimes, like booking the conference room, blah, blah, blah. To, okay, he lists a bunch of fucking tasks. Happy Jack. As my manager knew that I did not major in finance or accounting, he told me it's hard to become a client representative or even relationship officer after discussing with him a few times about my study and how I wanted to... Okay. So, basically, he's trying to tell you stuff that you're not an, an expert in, right? So, we go back to expert power when we talked about power in the beginning. Um, I also pushed to change the habit of many colleagues, the record data electronically, blah, blah, blah. Holy fucking Jesus. Everyone in my department has a team. Two, two to four people, depending on the company size of the customer they are dealing with. What in the fuck is your question? My manager explained to me that the bank was not doing very good. Okay, so your bank is going downhill. You suck at accounting. Uh, there's team dynamics and you don't really care for the team dynamics. Okay, moving on. Uh, considering the cost of living plus, I'm not the only person working in my family. I decided to find something else. Okay, so you want to quit your job, right? I actually tried to apply for a position in another department, but they ended doing things similar to what I'm doing right now. Coffee, blah, 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 blah analyst. Oh, they rejected my transfer, blah, blah, blah. I followed up with them a few times and even discussed with human resources, but I was just not selected. Okay. And one time I went to the department. All right. So he's complaining here. Um, he, someone else got picked for the job because they have two master's degrees. Um, he wants to quit and find another job, but... I, but I'm planning to do so after my annual vacation. What? Listen, man. You got fucking problems at your job, Happy Jack. Don't go on goddamn vacation. Are you fucking crazy? Like, f fix your shit, dude. Uh, cancel your vacation. It's probably too late. I don't know when this question was posted. I probably got it a week ago. Uh, don't go on vacation, one. Fix your fucking self, too. Uh, and get your shit together, man. I have three weeks this year, including rollover from previous year. Okay, so he's bragging about how much leave he has. I'm thinking maybe I will start posting my resume. 
or find a job agency after that and quit after I get a firm offer. That's a good move. However, my manager also told me a while ago that I might get a pay raise next year if everything goes as anticipated. Should I maybe wait another year to see if things may change or resign as I planned after I find another job after vacation? Hopefully it's not going to take me one year to find my next job. Any thoughts? Thanks. Oh man, if I read that whole thing, we'd be like two hours in. Happy Jack 832. All right. Number one, don't go on vacation. Number two, apply to jobs. Uh, try to get an offer or interview while you're on your job. Uh, take your leave for, from your vacation as terminal leave. So uh, get it on the back end, take your leave, and then start your job immediately and start getting your on-the-job training uh, as soon as possible because you, you will have no value in your new job, like zero. Um, 56% of economists thinks at the end of next year, uh, we start a downward trend in the economy, so housing prices will fall. Um, you know what's scary? What's super scary is college graduates are racking up loans and they're not paying back their loans and a lot of them are saying, fuck this, I'm going abroad. They're gonna go bartend in Australia or they're gonna go work abroad and they're gonna avoid their debt. So. This college debt bubble, to me, is scary. And what's scarier is nobody's talking about it. And if we have a repeat of 2008, where the taxpayers have to bail out uh, certain things, uh, it's not going to be good. So everything comes falling down again. Um, I feel it, for example. So a lot of real estate people, they look at San Francisco um because oftentimes what happens with san francisco real estate prices go up or down economy goes up or down uh there's a trickle down effect just like the trickle down economics we have in capitalism and it impacts a bunch of cities hawaii feels it much later uh but uh, the same shit will happen generally speaking um, there are always deviations to statistics, so I got a caveat with that. So, sorry. Happy Jack, get your fucking job, get an interview, figure your shit out, start building some expert power in your new job. It doesn't seem like you have any kind of power in your job. Um, you don't have legitimate power because you seem like a little peon in this fucking bank. Um... You don't have any accounting. Like, learn accounting, bitch. Um, anyway, I, I posted on Facebook. What did I post? Um, capitalize on your strengths and modify your weaknesses because you don't have enough time to turn your weaknesses into strengths. Right? So, you'll have your strengths and you'll have your weaknesses. So, you have to make your strengths stronger. Figure out a way to make your strengths as strong as possible. Then, figure out a way to make your weaknesses less weak. You're not going to turn your weaknesses into strengths because if you allocate your time, energy, and resources to turning your weaknesses into strengths, some of your other strengths will suffer. So you need to focus on your strengths, 
really capitalize on all the things you do good build some expert power eventually get some legitimate power get a strong position in an organization be absolutely valuable in that organization ensure that a lot of people can't do the job that you do uh, ensure that the organization is absolutely terrified if you uh, leave um, but but don't also be hostile towards the organization if you're going to leave for a better opportunity make sure you train up the next generation of people so that they can do your job uh, you don't want to burn that bridge uh, burn bridges as necessary but do your best not to burn that bridge because there may be a potential if you leave on good terms to come back uh, to that organization in a better position which would be awesome right uh, because you go uh, and spread your wings and you learn different tasks and becomes a subject matter expert in certain other areas and when you come back to the organization uh, your jack of all trades nest will uh, correspond to the organization that you come back to for example i know that was super confusing miyamoto musashi uh, the book of five rings know the way broadly uh, and you'll get better at all things so for example he's uh, most known as probably the best uh, samurai that has ever lived ever uh, i think he went 67 and 0 undefeated like killed everybody right and he was he was very good at calligraphy he learned poetry he learned a bunch of other shit whereas a lot of other swordsmen only focused on the sword so miyamoto musashi focused on a bunch of other shit and he translated that into his swordsmanship and became the best samurai to ever live ever uh better than tom cruise <laughs> so uh, wow this podcast was not f- too funny uh this is more insightful than anything and i have you know 18 more questions i'll save these for the episode what five i gotta get to 10 10 is my goal Uh, If I can get to 10, I will feel as though I accomplished something. So, as always, I'll play you out with Ed Dupas' Promised Land. Um, Just one more lost soul learning how to be, right? That's the line in Promised Land. Uh, You're a lost soul, I'm a lost soul, everybody's a lost soul. We're all trying to figure out... uh, our way to add value in organizations or to the world because um, that's kind of the point of this thing right is, is what kind of value do you bring to your social circle to your microeconomics to your macroeconomics and uh, to the organization that you work in to the industry that you work in um, yeah so you're a lost soul learning how to be and so am I so Uh, get your shit together man and uh, together we can all walk into the promised land so here you go and you pause promised land I'll see you next week bye bye
Yeah, I thought somebody up there's keeping score. But it's just you and me And the dreams we choose to dream forevermore You have been burned out on the news Been turning inside out and going deep To find those things that stand so still A promise to fulfill Just one more lost soul learning how to be But it's a long way down When the sky gets dark and the wind is cold Reach out, take a hand Try once more if you can We can walk together into song from town to town job to job and heart to heart and it seems so far to go but it's closer than you know so start opening doors and find out where they go cause it's a long way down when the sky gets dark Take a hand, try once more if you can. We can't walk together into the promised land. Yes, we can't walk together into the promised land.